and this is Deep Data Dives and today we're going to be talking about how damaging the emergence of surveillance capitalism is, specifically the economic side. Surveillance capitalism is the monetization of data captured through monitoring people's movements virtually and physically. So these companies that collect your data flows, they use them for two reasons. Firstly, for product improvements, so they, they improve the products and services that they give using your data and your preferences. The other one is seen as a behavioural surplus um, and is used for predictive signals to anticipate current and future consumer choices. You might question how companies are using your data and what they use your data for. Yeah, I mean, I know someone, someone like Facebook will probably have cookies on me as they ask me for permission. Um, but what I don't necessarily know is about my profile, what I put into a social media profile, for example, like an Instagram account, uh, what they have and what they use it for, because it's, uh, well, in my opinion, not very transparent, and I think it's probably made to be that way. It's crazy because companies actually can collect your deleted data, which is called residual data, and basically they can collect that and make a profile on you. Yeah, and these profiles, millions and millions of them from millions of people all across the world, they all go towards databases which um, can be used for predicted data to see what customers are going to do and see the trends that are going to happen in the future. Essentially, these companies can actually influence your behaviour um, and some would call that soft power. The yeah. only issue is is that they're corporations and not a political organisation. Yeah. So you have to question how much power should an, a corporation have and how much influence should they have. Yeah over consumers and it's kind of all due, done through the lens of making money that is that is the priority that is their motivation um, so. and i know we're talking a lot about these big companies here and maybe not the little ones but there is a reason for that um, and that's because of economies of scale you know to have the, these massive databases to have these millions and millions of uh, profiles of data about people you have to have the funds and you have to have the capital and background in this area to be able to have this and that's why only companies like Facebook and Google and, um, well, any of the others, um, they are dominating this market at the moment because of these economy, economies of scale. Which means this new market that's emerged of um, surveillance capitalism is only accessible by these massive companies and the elites, which is, uh, well, in my opinion, quite a destructive thing. And it's uh, same, same old, same old, really. Archie, these companies have a huge monopoly on the flow of information, communication apps, online shopping, and an example is Google in 2004 acquired a company called Keyhole, and they were basically making a map of the globe. Right. Google called this Google Earth when they bought them, and essentially with Google Earth, companies can see where you are going and what shops you're going into, and they can target ads to you, so that is then micro-targeting to consumers. Oh, scary stuff. Joining us today is Gayatri Pengili, Head of Operations at Credit Benchmark. How are you, Gayatri? I'm very well, thank you, Davinia. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's very exciting for us to have you on board today. Did you want to tell us a bit more about your role at Credit Benchmark? Yeah, yeah. So I'm the head of operations at Credit Benchmark. So basically, uh, wear many hats as you do in a fintech um company. Um, I've also worked in previous um startup companies. So I've got about fifteen years of experience, and I'm actually very excited to be here recording this podcast, being an Exeter alumni myself. 
Um, so thank you for inviting me um, to do this podcast with you. Um, so Gachi, um, the, one of the main questions we had was um, how are banks boosting uh, surveillance capitalism using consumer data? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, one thing you need to know about the banks, and I think everyone does, is they're in the business to make money. Um, and obviously, you know, with technology um, that has advanced so quickly, there hasn't been enough time to put um, enough controls in place to basically um, secure this information um, and basically have a, um, a, a an ability to uh, for you to tell um, the banks what you want to share with them and what you don't. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, innovation when it comes to bank. So, you know, there is plus. Uh, but also there is minuses. Uh, for instance, if you don't want the bank to have enough that many information on, on you, um, there is no way for you to do that at the moment. Um, but, you know, as, to, for me, um, there is so much more that is at um, our hands at the moment from banks because of the sharing of that data. Uh, bank analyzes, you know, your potential shopping, your expenses. Sure. They can actually see quite literally everything you do. Um, and based on that, they will then try and sell you products. So it's not, you know, as bad. But of course, banks are in it to make money. Um, and, but obviously, as a consumer, uh, you need to be aware where your data is going and how your data is being used. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Thank you. So very do you much. think then that data can be used as a weapon against us as consumers? Well, yes and no. So with everything, there is the good side and there is the bad side. I think if you have the right technology in place and the right restrictions in place, no, uh, there's always going to be loopholes. If people want to do that, they'll find a way to do that. Um, it won't, to be honest, I think with when it comes to banks, they won't use the data against you. They will use the data to their advantage, but at the same time, providing you with, you know, better products, uh, products that is more suited to your needs. Um, and also they might be able, so for example, if you've got mortgage, they might be able to find a better rated mortgage for you, et cetera. Right. So I don't think it's all bad. Right. And with regards to um, this data that's being collected, as you said, by the banks to primarily make money, is the majority of this data used for kind of improving the bank's services and, and what it offers to the, to the customer? Or is it more used yeah. for predictive data to try and predict consumer behaviour? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. So they will use the data to come up with better products. So they will basically use the data to see whether there's a trend and basically on that trend, analyze whether they can come up with products that will be appealing to those audiences but they will also use that to predict future trends because right. you've got to remember banks need to stay you know on top of technology on top of what's going on um sure. so for them uh the more the better products they provide the more diversified products they provide, the better they do in the future. So yes, they will use the data to both predict um, what people might do in the future, but also to come up with better products, better suited for their audience. Okay. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us today. You've been a really great help. Um, yeah, thank you.
It's been my pleasure. Thank you. So I know we've spoken about uh, some worries that may come with surveillance capitalism, especially on the economic side. Um, but it's not all bad. There are potential advantages that one could argue. For example, much of the data that's sold by these databases to these businesses isn't for intrusive purposes. It's actually to, um, to find customer preferences and improve their products and services based on that. The one thing to bear in mind is that that is only a small proportion of how your data is used. Data tends to be invasive. Companies do know our location, and one has to question if we're going into a big brother society where the government and corporations are just essentially spying on us. Although pharmaceutical companies do need consumer data and people's data to be able to improve medicines, to be able to improve drugs, and basically make the healthcare system across the globe better for everyone. Yeah. However, one could counter this and say this is still done under the motivation of profit. You know, they're looking for profit, they're improving just so they can make more money, especially in, in places like America with privatised healthcare, which demonstrates another economic downfall of this surveillance capitalism. So, do you have any final thoughts based on what we've uh, heard today? I think it's quite scary, surveillance capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's evolving very quickly. The internet isn't even 50, it's just about 50 years old. Yeah. And it's evolved so fast. It's almost exponential, you could say, especially with this new kind of era now that we're facing of uh, complete data manipulation. Yeah, we're just lucky that we can use websites to find our locations mm. and track where we've got our data stored. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I um, hope you've learned a few things. We'll see um, you next week yeah. at 7pm. This was Deep Data Dives. <laughs>